What's up, team? It's Ben Cullen back with your Sports Around the World update. We start this week's roundup with European football. We are now officially down to the last eight of the 2019-20 Champions League. And come Monday, we will have our semi-finalists. It's going to be a very different end to the tournament this time round. The remainder of the Champions League is being played in a single-leg format, with all games taking place in the Portuguese capital of Lisbon. There will be no home advantage with the likes of Real Madrid, Juventus and Liverpool already eliminated. It's hard to pick a clear and obvious favourite. The fixture to watch out for this weekend is the mighty matchup between Barcelona and Bayern Munich. At Silverstone on the weekend, the Formula One celebrated its 70th anniversary and believe it or not, the Mercedes juggernaut has been knocked off course. In the opening races of the season, they have looked unstoppable, but they tore their tyres to shreds around the high-speed sweeps of Silverstone. Max Verstappen and Red Bull delivered a masterful performance and pushed Hamilton to second, with the Dutchman coming in first. Verstappen tweeted this following the race. Yes, boys, I'm incredibly happy with this win. I didn't see this one coming. Now let's celebrate and hydrate. Champagne emoji. In the MLB on the weekend, the benches cleared and tempers flared. Things got very, very heated and all social distancing measures went out the window. Oakland's batter Loriano got hit by a pitch for the third time in the three-game series. Enough reason to be angry, I'd say. But he didn't lose it. He just offered some advice to the rookie pitcher. Loriano then began exchanging words with an animated Astros hitting coach. He then threw down his batting helmet and began charging towards him in the first base dugout. Astros catcher Dustin Garno left the bench to tackle Loriano before he made it to his foe. Players rushed out of both dugouts to join the fray, which made for extraordinary viewing. Oakland finished up 7-2 winners that evening. Now, whilst many of us are advised to stay at home, many of the Hong Kong full-time athletes are stuck and protected inside the Hong Kong Sports Institute bubble. And to give us some insight on what that's actually like, we are joined by Olympic swimmer Camille Cheng via Zoom. Before we delve into your journey, I put out a post on Instagram yesterday asking my friends and followers for a question for you. Some of them were ridiculous, some of them are inappropriate, but one was particularly oh. good that I will ask and I'm embarrassed that I didn't come up with myself. So we'll start there and then we'll work backwards. How has your training changed now the Olympics has been postponed? Ah, yes, good question. Um, training hasn't, itself hasn't really changed. Like, I guess it would just be more our schedule. So what the next goal um, that we're working towards. So we've kind of had to rewrite and replan our whole season and extending a year and what that means like. I guess it's just adding an extra year to what would have, what I would have retired, I guess, but so how to keep going yeah okay so the plan was to finish after tokyo yep it was <laughs> okay so extending the career by one more year yeah okay exactly. i know you're a tall athlete how did you end up in swimming what were your influences it was your parents or somebody sort of told you or your friends how did that happen um i think growing up i i just loved being in the water and i think i was i was very shy as a young girl um, very timid and i think i just took very naturally to being in the water and my mom put me in a swimming lesson and then the, the teacher was like she doesn't really need any swimming lessons um, and so I think 
then I would like start racing older boys and then I would beat them. And so it gave me a lot of confidence. Um, and I think I'm actually very grateful that I, you know, I, I started swimming because I loved it and I was never really pushed to train so hard. It was just more my choice. And then, you know, when it got time to, you know, are you going to take this seriously or not? Then I had the coaches and the parents and the teammates kind of hold me accountable to, to my goal. Understood. Swimming is notoriously renowned for early early mornings and late nights and long sessions. How does a typical week look for you, perhaps inside and outside of the pool of training? Yeah, so definitely changed over the years now that I've been swimming for what, over 16 years. Wow. But um, definitely when I was in school, that would require the early morning practices, go to class. Sometimes if you can, at least more in college, try and fit in a nap. Um, and then class again, and then practice, and then homework, and then you kind of repeat the schedule over and over again. Um, so definitely a very routine-based um, sport, I guess, like most sports. But um, now as I've transitioned more to professional, where I do this full-time, um, I did do my master's as well. And since then, I, it was, I graduated last year, and so now it's really... 100% of my focus is on swimming and um, as I've gone older a lot more time has has needed to be um, you know allocated with recovery so sleep eating properly physio stretching um, and I think that's kind of I didn't do that as much when I was younger I see so your early mornings when you were in school how early is early um, in college we would well my alarm went off at 517 and Very we precise. were in the pool. Yep, <laughs> every minute counts. Um, and then we would get in the water by 6 a.m. Yeah. Okay, and what is probably the hardest part of the regime physically? Um, I think it would be jumping into the cold water. <laughs> that would be the <laughs> hardest part. You know, once you're in, it's fine, but it's just the, the, the getting in that's always the tough part. <laughs> yeah, I bet. And um, what about the mental state of the game? Um, it's a I know you, you work in teams at time, but it's largely an individual sport, I suppose. How much time do you, do you give to that? That's definitely something I've spent a lot more time on in the last four years, I would say. I think actually at the last Olympics, something I noticed was I felt that I didn't perform as well as I wanted to. And what was holding me back was more my mental, uh, the mental component, my mindset. You know, I felt like I didn't really embrace being an Olympian. I didn't hold myself with confidence being there and feeling like I deserved a chance to race. And I felt it was very, you know, like I'm here and they are there. And so a lot of my work now has been, you know, working with sports psychologists, a lot of my own readings and interest in uh, a lot of sports psychology concepts, um, a lot of work on mindfulness. So even integrating yoga and meditation as part of my training um and i think that has played a huge role in how i set goals and how i um you know what define what kind of athlete i want to be yeah awesome now i know you're also currently in the sports institute inside the bubble because of coronavirus can you touch on that and how it's been for you as an athlete in there yeah it's so we've been in here now for two weeks and it's actually been 
really nice. We've had a lot more time um, when we're not training. So we just kind of had a mini competition and we've had a few days of rest and we've been doing a bunch of different sports. So um, because we're all in here with different athletes, we're all kind of trying each other's sports. So we've done badminton and table tennis. We played basketball. Some of us tried fencing and judo. So. Um, I think just trying to stay uh, busy and active during this time, as well as continuing good training. Awesome. Just a few more questions. What advice would you have for a teenage athlete that may be aspiring to be an Olympian here in Hong Kong? What is your top advice for them? I think not to sound so cliche, but if you really have that goal, don't let other people tell you, you know, stop you from going for it. I think there's always people around you that are there to support you. There's, and you know, it's a lot of the times it's more mental than physical. So the motivation, the confidence, those are all things, you know, when I was younger, I wish that I had maybe a, just somebody to tell me like, you're on the right, right path. You know, you're not too serious. You're not too muscular. Like if that's the goal, like go for it. Make sure you join us next week if you want to find out what it takes to be an Olympic swimmer. Have a great weekend. I'm Ben Cullen. <laughs>